Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to episode 17 of Photography Chats. Um, we're going to have Grant Britton on with us here soon. Um, hope everyone is having a great week. Uh, looking forward to the chat today. Grant is a really awesome dude that I had the pleasure of meeting um, last year in San Clemente. And um, he's a fantastic uh, skateboard photographer and uh, yeah, I'll let him do his intro here now that he's in. We will get him on. So we just sent the invite out to Grant. Let's see. Hello, Grant. Hi. How you doing, Merlin? Not bad, sir. How are you? I'm good. Just let me uh, set up my phone here so it doesn't move around. Sure thing. How's it going? Not too bad. I'm just uh, actually kind of on the road right now. I'm in Vancouver um, tonight. Um, I've been uh, driving across the country with a friend of mine that's moving out here, and I'll be uh, oh, cool. back to Toronto on Saturday. So it's been uh, interesting traveling the country during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it sketchy at all? A little bit sketchy. So yeah, um, it was kind of funny. Like it was small towns were sketchy, but then also some larger cities like uh, Calgary was a little weird. Uh, yeah. And like Alberta is like a more conservative um, province in yeah. uh, in Canada here, kind of akin to Texas. And uh, you know, I think they believe that Jesus is going to wipe out the COVID. Um, He's so. she's not. No, I don't think she, no. she's going to help them there. Um, so yeah. that was a little sketchy. Um, yeah. Vancouver's been good. And then we spent a couple of days on uh, Salt Spring Island, which was nice. Right. There's not a lot of people there. And Where's, um, where's, where's that? Uh, Salt Spring Island is uh, on some islands that are around um, the larger Vancouver Island. Mm -hmm. and, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it was nice because we almost kind of forgot that there was a pandemic after spending a few days there and being in nature and uh, not having to, uh, you know, see all of the, the crazy pandemicness. But then we read the news and see what's going on and yeah. what's going on yeah. in the real world. Alan's like, isn't all of Canada sketchy? I'm like, dude, that's kind of like, uh, you know, throwing stones when you live in a glass house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are things down there? Uh, good. Weather's good. Um, it's windy, but no fires right now. Well, there was a small fire inland, but yeah, but the weather's great. Nice. We have a Santa Ana going right now, which is offshore winds. So it's really, it's really nice and dry. Yeah, it's only rained once so far this fall, winter. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, is that uh, give you an opportunity to get out and do much shooting then? Or? Mm, I'm trying to think what I've shot lately. I like to shoot a lot of portraits, and I just haven't been able to do that that much. And, and just shooting stuff around the yard. And then we've been going on hikes. We've been up to the mountains a few times, and my wife and I, and we go on hikes and I take pictures then. And I went up and shot that comet when it was, you know, around and, and uh, yeah, but try, just trying to get out in the back country here, a couple of miles back, it all turns into sagebrush, you know? Okay. So it's, it's really nice. It's like foothills and then you drive an hour and you're in the mountains. So That's gorgeous. Yeah, that's great. Columbus Film Lab asked uh, about Banff and Jasper, and unfortunately, those are some of the sketchier 
centers, we found out after talking to a parks representative, um, a lot of the people that work at the parks are commingling with uh, people that are infected and causing a lot of trouble up there. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, that's interesting. Uh, Sam Archibald has a question for you, though. What's the future of skate photography with the presence of Instagram now? Um, drove all the magazines out of business, <laughs> except one, Thrasher. And, uh, you know, I worked, well, I, I, I worked at Transworld for 20 years and now they don't publish anymore. And I don't even think they're going to be, I'm not sure if they're going to be online even, but, uh, they've shut down all their magazines pretty much. And then the magazine I worked for up until a few years ago, they went out of business. So, you know, the skateboard mag and, uh, yeah, just Instagram, unless it's like a, you know, like a, like nice quality paper magazine. I think it's going to be more like print to order and people doing, you know, vanity projects and stuff, you know, putting out a skate magazine book type thing. And it's got to be collectible now. It just can't be monthly, you know, you know, my, my son's like a really good skater and I would bring the magazine home for him and he wouldn't look at it for three days because he's always on YouTube or, or Instagram or whatever. He's 26 now. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, the kids wouldn't pay attention to magazines, short attention span and, you know, and then events was just impossible. You know, I, I quit going to events years ago be, because it was like, I mean, it's everybody with their phones. You're trying to shoot photos and your your stuff's not even going to come out for another month. And it was just, it's just kind of worthless, you know, to try to shoot an event anymore, except on Instagram and yeah. social media. Yeah, I guess that that's kind of an interesting question for me to, to you is like, you know, with that uh, sentiment, like, what are your feelings with, with Instagram? Um, I love Instagram. Right. I mean... Now I, I, I live off of uh, my prints, you know, my archival prints and, you know, I've stuff, you know, I've been shooting 41 years. So um, I just live off of that stuff. And that's, you know, social media is how I, you know, promote everything. And, and right now without shows and, you know, public events, it's all about social media. And, and that's, you know, and collaborating with people and, and working, you know, with companies on different collaborations and, and, you know, like a shoe company or whatever. And, uh, yeah, that's how you make a living now. And a lot of people didn't get it together. You know, people my age, you know, there were, there were a lot of photographers that were resistant to digital and they were resistant to social media and it kind of, they got kind of left behind and now they're trying to play catch up. So, you know, I, I never had a problem with it. I didn't want to be that old, you know, I always say this, I didn't want to be that old curmudgeon that was like, you know, <laughs> fuck all that stuff. And I'm just going to keep doing stuff the way I've done it. And yeah, that's fine if you want to do art and and hang out and stuff. But I, I got to make a living too, you know. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, Alan says uh, that he loves the prints you have hanging at the Leica store in, uh, in, Gal in Boston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun when we did that. Yeah, we did. I got invited to that one, and it was what is it? Rolling through the shadows show, and I got invited to that and the Washington D.C. and the um, Seattle 
one. And they asked, they asked all everybody on an email group email who wanted to go and I was like, I'll go. You know? hey. So yeah, I just wanted to go and hang out and, and they paid the ticket and, and the hotels. So I just had to come up with other stuff. And yeah, I had fun. And then I got to hang out and meet a lot of, you know, new photographers that I'd never met before. And, and I've been shooting Leica since, you know, probably 2000 or, you know, 2003, maybe. So when I got my first Leica, I think. Yeah, I got to give a shout out to Alan at the Leica store in Boston. If you have any Leica needs, hit up Alan. Um, he's a fantastic dude. And, um, you know, oddly enough, if it wasn't for Alan, this chat show, my involvement in the photography community, all of that, it, uh, it would have never happened because all of this started from going to a workshop at the Leica store in Boston and just meeting some photographers. And from there, like just getting into the photography community. So um, it's kind of amazing how like one little thing can make such a huge difference. And, uh, you know, it was a mixture of Alan and Instagram that uh, has brought us here this evening. So it's kind of got to give a shout out to him and then also to underdog film lab in oakland california for being very kind to uh you know blast out on their social medias that we were chatting tonight and uh i love those guys brian brooks and jesse hitchens up there are fantastic people at the underdog lab cool yeah and uh, do i gotta say when you sent me those promo pictures i uh i wasn't expecting such like a um a large <laughs> and like man it blew it fucking blew my mind honestly like um that's I got what i was trying to do though i was trying to blow your mind do you absolutely well i mean plus i'm lazy i was too lazy to to organize them i was just kind of just throwing them at you and i i just figured you'd take what you wanted and dump the rest well so don't just... sell them don't sell the rest Oh God, no, no, no! I'm like, kidding. I, I'm kidding. I do. I, I, I wouldn't imagine to do so. It's an, it was an honor to look at your work and just right. like, man. Thank so you. I gotta say, the F3 kit in that bundle was really cool. I wanted to include it in the post, but you had so many great art photos that I wanted to include that um, that one didn't make the cut. But um, yeah. you know, I've got the same F3, and, uh, yeah. and I love shooting with that. And it was cool to see the kit. And then all that Kodachrome that you shot in Europe, that massive pile of Kodachrome, like, yeah, man, like that's Yeah, that was, uh, I think, maybe 87. I don't know if I labeled that, but it was probably about 1987. And you just, you just travel all over Europe and shoot all this film of all these skaters. And then you never knew what you had until you got back. And I, I was always paranoid I was going to lose roles. And I actually did lose four roles that I shot in a snowstorm in a cemetery in Munich once. Oh, shit. And, and they went into the dark room. I checked them into the dark room and they never came out of the dark room. I don't know if they got swept off into the trash or the dark room tech blew it or what. But yeah, I was like, the only, those are the roles, the four roles that I wish I had gotten out of any trip pretty much. Because um, I froze my ass off too. <laughs> Julie Fina Painter says uh, Sean Christopher shared the portraits of him that you made recently, and it was incredible work. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was just a little. Yeah, Sean's this uh, this skater who owned this uh, bookstore in uh, Carlsbad. 
Okay. And uh, he wanted to shoot some kind of a push style photo, and then but I shot portraits of him and shots of his hands and and just of his board and stuff like that. We just got together one afternoon. They came out kind of cool, so That's we cool. didn't know what we were going to shoot really. And uh, Wick Photo says, uh, Grant, as a kid in junior high, I always found inspiration in a story about Atiba sending you images constantly and eventually moving out west. 32 now, and your images were a reason I work in sports. Oh, rad. Yeah. It's, uh, I hear a lot of stories like that, how, you know, skateboarding just started so many people on photo careers. You know, they shot for fun or they looked at magazines and then, you know, they, they said they had photos up on their walls and, and, and you'll get, you'll get, it used to be letters. Now it's emails or texts or whatever, or direct message, you know, like, oh, your photos inspired me to become a photographer. So it, it's kind of cool just hearing all that. And, um, and then uh, Nolan Terbon says, everyone has their favorite lens. What lens draws you in most? The one that calls to you? Well, for skateboarding, it's always been the fisheye, you know, we always shot fisheye, you know, back when I was shooting Nikon, it was a 16. I shoot Canon um, now and it's a 15 millimeter, you know, with a full frame camera, I shoot a 5D. And then the um, 70, 70 to 200 uh, Canon, the 2.8, I shoot that a lot. Those are the main lenses. And then I have a portrait. I really, I have an 85 that I really love shooting for portraits. And, you know, I skip around, you know, um, probably those three lenses more than anything. And then I, I sh I'm shooting Fuji a lot. I just have the, um, was it the 100X? Uh, okay. Um, shooting that, you know, just for fun. And sometimes my photos with that come out as good as any photos. Like I went to Death Valley last year and by myself and I shot for a few days I'd been there a lot before and I did a solo trip there and, and I shot Hasselblad, Leica and the Fuji of every, I'd back up every, I'd shoot all three things at every spot yeah. pretty much. And I ended up using the Fuji stuff more than anything because my, uh, my Hasselblad stuff got screwed up. The film got wet or something and it had mold all over it. Oh shit. And I don't know if it was, I had it, I didn't know it was wet, but I think I, I, I waited probably four months before I developed it, you know, just with the paper, anything in metal was okay. It was the paper, you know, something got damp. I don't know. So luckily I had it all. I shot the, um, the Leica and the, and the, uh, and the Fuji. I love that little Fuji camera. It's a great camera. Yeah. The, those mirrorless cameras are pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when I shoot film now, I shoot my Leica or I'll screw around with, I, I've been shooting, uh, I shot my grandfather's camera a while back and I, I hadn't touched it in about four or five years. And um, I, I took a roll that was already out of, I shot a couple extra photos that were at the end of the roll and I, uh, I got it developed at, at uh in san clemente at oh, dark yeah. yeah and it came back and it had this algae like it looked like tendrils growing all over it and it was amazing and it was because oh. i'd shot this film years ago i must have a damp house or something but 
yeah, it came out kind of, it was a happy surprise, you know, it was super trippy. Looked like alien stuff, you know. Honest. Hey, sorry, there's a puppy just came into the... Uh, what, do you have a lab? Um, yeah, he's he's a Great Dane Lab Cross. His name's yeah. Onus, and he belongs to uh, to my friend. Yeah, um, here, yeah. Let me see. I've got a black lab here too. You can that that's the big yeah. there. Cool. Hey, hey, buddy. He's a big boy, and <laughs> he hates traveling. <laughs> so he's very happy to not be in the car anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, we got another question here. Um, who is the person, persons you haven't photographed that you want to? Well, some of them are dead, so. Well, dead, dead or alive, I think that that's a, a fair answer to, yeah. Uh, I don't know, like somebody, it would be cool to shoot somebody like Iggy Pop or somebody, you oh, know, Patty Smith or somebody, they have such descriptive faces and, and, you know, portrait wise. And there were skaters, a few skaters I never really shot except at a contest. And I never really shot them out in the streets, you know, somebody like Andrew Reynolds or, you know, um, who's like one of the top skaters, but Ativa always shot him back on the Ativa thing was um, Ativa Jefferson, who's like pretty famous photographer now, he sent photos to Transworld to me and they were, you know, snapshots of his friends. They were from Colorado Springs and I'd give him tips and then he'd send some more photos and his photos would get a little better each time he sent the photos. These are back in the film days. And I mean, we had computers, but barely, you know, the old Macs, I guess. And, uh, and then all of a sudden he called, he started calling me and I'd talk to him on the phone and, you know, I'd never met him or anything or seen a picture of him or anything. And I just give him tips and, and help him along. And then he uh, called me one day and he goes, Hey, I'm coming out to California with my twin brother, Akko. And we're just going to cruise and, and check it out. Can, do you know anybody I can stay with? And uh, so one of the guys at work, uh, I think it was the art director, said yeah he can stay at my house and he came out and stayed for a week and then all of a sudden he called and he goes hey i'm moving out there and okay. you know i just thought he was going to move out and you know have a suitcase and stuff he and his brother rented a you know a u-haul truck and they were pulling a volkswagen bug and and they were serious about moving out here and then he was out here for a few months he was kind of meeting up with photographer or skaters shooting a few people and then he told me one day, he goes, oh, I got a job at 7-Eleven in San Marcos, which is a few miles from here. Yeah. And I go, hey, wait, 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 wait. And I went in and talked to my boss and I, I got him hired as my assistant. And that's kind of where he all, you know, started. And then he helped start the video department, you know, at, at Transworld with Dave Swift. And, and, uh, but, and then he's, you know, he's one of those guys that would just, you know, he started shooting basketball, just like calling, I think it was Andy Bernstein, Andy Bernstein, the, the basketball. What's that? Um, um, <laughs> so he started shooting basketball as he was like a third assistant or something, you know, and, and shooting NBA games and stuff. So, you know, it's just started. He started like everybody starts at in their hometown shooting their friends. And that's how I started shooting 
shooting photos and getting into skating was I was I worked at this skate ranch. I was a skater and I worked at Del Mar Skate Ranch and I started shooting and I just started shooting the locals and my friends and and worked my way up, you know, over the years. And, and you know, everybody starts in the same place. It never starts at the top. You always start at the bottom. Yeah. So I love that one picture of your homemade skateboard where you were um, hauling along there. In, in the oh, market. yeah. That was a good oh, one. Oh, in 1974, yeah. Yeah, Alan That said, was before I got into photography. I didn't start, sorry. Oh, I didn't start ahead. shooting photos till I was 23. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Um, I was I, I was an art major. He's pretty sure that the skate scene is what drove up the price of the used <laughs> M6s. He gets more requests for those than any other film camera like has made. For what? <laughs> Um, he said the skate scene has drove driven the prices of the used uh, M6s up. He gets really for those huh. and the other camera that like is made. Well, and then we got well, a question here. Um, you know, hey Merlin. Yeah. I I've told my kids I go. You know, you can get rid of all my cameras when I die, except for the Hasselblad and the and the Leica. You got to keep those. Yeah, those should be heirlooms. Yeah, I don't care about the Canons and all that. Um, Dave, who I absolutely love and adore, Sinadar, has uh, put here, mentioned that moisture issues are likely from living close to the ocean. So, you know, heads yeah. up, you live by the ocean, watch out for uh, moisture problems. Yeah. yeah, but it could be worse. And then uh, Black Swan 74 is wondering if you have any other photos of the chin ramp. Uh, yeah, I have shitload. The photos. I I shot for four days there, and I have a lot of chin ramp photos, a ton. Nice. Well, Black Swan, maybe you should uh, hit uh, Grant up in the DMs to order some uh, some prints of the the chin ramp videos. No, I know him, and I I don't think he has any money. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get mad at me now. <laughs> well, that that's how you know your friends. Yeah. So I got to say, in that, that bundle of photos you sent me, I know your skate photography, but your your art photos blew my mind. Like, oh, thanks. Those, those were fantastic. Like, um, the the ones where you frame the clouds in, in like, the, the circle portal and in, in the square in that, like, abandoned building, that one was so cool. Um, and that that desert highway photo. Yeah, those are both Death Valley or out oh. near Death Valley last year those were fantastic and oh, thank you. Um, the the train photos i loved all of those ones yeah that's i mean it was funny the one with the girl in the train photo yeah i love that's that. my daughter when she was little oh holy shit. it's at a, a trolley train museum in paris california oh. near you know a couple hours away from here and people would go is that after the war and i go how old do you think i am <laughs> Is that in Berlin? Yeah. Well, it does kind of look European. Like, it has a sort of, like, old vibe to it. And uh, it was just fantastic. Like, and, and the uh, that Japanese shrine photo, uh, oh, that one was cool. Like, the sh the shadow play that you do is, is amazing. And I, I, people are pretty familiar with it, with the famous uh, cover photo. Um, you know, it's just... You mean they're underexposed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I like dark and I like 
I love the shadow and it's always, to me, it's always been about the shadows, you know, and, and I don't mind blocked up shadows, you know, and, and uh, shooting into the sun and stuff like that. You know, it, it's interesting you say it's all about the shadows. Cause I shot a roll of this, this really rad film that um, I found here in Vancouver and I just picked up a bit more today from Bo photo, the Ferrania P30. Um, <laughs> If you've never played with this stuff, um, you grab a roll. Uh, under um, Underdog has some, and Glass oh. Photo has some. Where's it from? What it's country? From, it, it's from Italy. Oh, okay. It's, no, I've uh, never shot it. It's it's a Panacro 80 um, ISO film, but it's really, it's got a super heavy silver content. Mm. And um, I the first roll of it that I shot, I kind of fucked up and yeah thing came up underexposed and initially when i looked at it there was only like three or four frames that i liked but then i had another look at it the other day and just with a different kind of eye and appreciated a lot of those underexposed photos because there was some really cool detail in the shadow that like i was just being hard on myself before yeah. um that it's, it's interesting you say it's all about the shadows because like when I was looking at it, I was like, fuck, I like these photos now. Like the shadow um, stuff is like really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm finding, you know, during the pandemic, which is great. I don't mind the pandemic that much because I'm kind of a homebody and uh, I don't have to hang out with a bunch of people I didn't like very much. <laughs> so I'm kidding. I am kidding. Speak your mind. Yeah. Tell us how you really but, right? <laughs> but, but it doesn't it really hasn't bothered me a lot because it's given me a break from people and, and a lot of time to work on other projects and go through old, you know, when you've got 40 years of negatives and, and my tastes have changed, changed and I go through stuff now. And um, I like a lot of the stuff I didn't like before or things that were mistakes because my tastes have changed, you know, like, oh, wow, that was when I started photography in late 70s, early 80s, everything was had to be perfect. You know, lighting had to be perfect. You couldn't have glare in a photo. And yeah. now it's like there's apps for it, you know, and, and uh, um, it's just so it's I think it's easier to make good photos now because in the past everybody was just so OCD you know professional photographers were OCD about how something looked and you'd spend a lot of time you know sh let's say a studio setup or whatever it had to be perfect and now it's like you can break rules all over the place and I kind of like that so I'm finding a lot of things that I just kind of dismissed them before I sent you a photo of Dave Hackett doing a frontside grind in Japan. It was full frame with the, yeah. and it was all like solarized a little bit. That was one of the ones I used uh, for the post today. Yeah. And then that was a role that I didn't use back then. It was from Japan and the lab tech had opened the can of film when it was developing and it had solarized the last few shots oh, shit. on a roll of film. And I go, Oh, you fucked that up, you know? And then, uh, like a couple of years ago, I found it again. I go, Whoa, that is, it's psychedelic. It's great. You know? So, and then I, I, I scanned it and started using it, you know? And, and 
I'm really looking for, you know, the integrity of the negative. And, you know, there's, you know, I've been finding, you know, color slides that a hand was chopped off or something, you know, skate photo yeah. or his, his foot's chopped off or a wheel's chopped off. And I didn't do this back in the day. I've been taking them out of the sleeve and, you know, the, the carrier and it's in, you know, it was just close know. to the edge. And I go, wow, I would have used that back in the day. And so I'm finding a lot of stuff like that. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm even shooting it with the carrier, you know, the paper carrier, Kodak carrier and yeah. shooting it and then just digging out the side of it, taking a picture of the whole carrier with the, with the photo on a light table and then just kind of taking an X-Acto knife or whatever and then cutting the nice. paper away but leaving it in the frame and then shooting it like that. Nice. And, uh, just, you know, screwing around, you know. I think that's you have a lot of time tough. on your hands. You know. um, we've got uh, K-Bomb Skate says hi. And then we've got another couple questions here. Um, Jessica... K-Bomb, is that a Korean pop group? Or... I'm not sure. Oh. Um, Jessica Mona Photo says, it seems like it's harder to get published these days. Any tips for that? Love your work. I get that question so much. <laughs> and, you know, and I... I you know, I do Zooms with high school photo classes and stuff. And, you know, kids have quite, how do I get my stuff published? And it's just so hard now. There's no magazines. Um, that's why social media is the way to go or, or self-publishing, you know, like, yeah. you know, zines or, or little books or I get people send me the books they've done and, and it's, it's pretty cool. But and sending those to maybe companies or something. But um, yeah, it's there's so much competition and there's just no magazines. And skate-wise, there's no magazines. I mean, if you can get the best job in skateboarding is to work for a company and be the team photographer or, you know, working in the art department or whatever. Um, but those are few and far between. Um, it's the question, her question, her, it was it was a woman, right? Yeah, her so. question was the hardest question to answer nowadays because and then with the pandemic thrown in on top, you know, and the economy, you know, people are I don't want to dissuade people from being photographers, but it's hard to make a living. And um, I mean, I, I have the luxury of having this archive, you know, yeah. and I'm not making money off the stuff I shot you know, four months ago, you know, I'm making the money off of 30 year old stuff, you know, and it's not a lot of money, but it's enough to live on. And I do a lot of self promotion. You know, I'm pretty much kind of a whore on on social media. Well, you got to play it smart. You don't want it to come off like you're just a money grubber or whatever. But you know, you got to make a living. And, you know, I run a lot of photos on my Instagram, but I'm not always trying to sell something, you know, and then you're trying to come up with other projects and, and solve it that way. But no, it's, it's a hard question. I don't know what to say. And I get it from high school kids. And I used to be, able, oh, well, you send your photos in and, and then just keep, you know, call a person, call a photo editor up and bug them. And that's what people used to do to me. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
and it that's how you got a job at a magazine or got stuff in a magazine but there were a million you know back then when i started shooting there were five photographers and it was all film and no digital and no computers and and uh now it's like you know i see stuff on instagram that's could be covers of magazines and it's up for you know two minutes and then it disappears you know i mean i look at instagram at others i get inspired by looking at other people you know see what they're doing and there's so much good stuff you know and so many good skate photos and landscapes and you know and people tasing themselves so. <laughs> That's so weird. Thanks, John Knoxville. Yeah. Um, Brandon Baker Photo uh, asks, other than Instagram, what other outlets would you suggest to get your work seen? Um, well, I, I, I don't like Facebook, but I do Facebook. Um, I just don't like, I don't know, Instagram's just so easy to use. And, and for photography, it's, you know, I've, I've been into it for a long time. And, uh, Instagram's just, I got bummed when Instagram started doing video. Yeah. You know, I, I use video on it too, but, but I got, at first I was like, oh, damn, you know, when they start doing video. I and, yeah. Cause I thought that it was like, oh, it's our thing. You know, it's, it's just for photographers, you know, before photography, I was doing, uh, that JPEG online. Yeah. yeah and, and. So I kind of came in from JPEG. My friend told me about, I think Anthony Acosta told me about, yeah, there's this new thing called Instagram. I go, oh, I'll check it out. And I was like, see you later, JPEG. And, uh, you know, and, and, but I use Facebook. I use, I've had a LinkedIn account for a while. And then a couple of years ago, um, I noticed that they were getting more, it was getting more social and, and, and I go, you know, I'm kind of trying to sell my work to companies and yeah. restaurants and things like that. So I got, I start posting more on Instagram, but I do, I do uh, Pinterest. I don't know what it is, but I upload stuff to it. And because I noticed I go into my analytics and I see where traffic's coming from and stuff was coming from there. Stuff's coming from Facebook. Um, um, those are the main, main things I do. Uh, what else? I only post skate stuff on uh, Twitter. I don't skate it. I don't run anything else on Twitter because I get too much hate back. Um, I never get hate stuff from, from skaters. I get it. Uh, I have people like the, I call them the, the year police and the trick police. You know, if you put the wrong year down, you got people coming at you. And uh, Grant, I don't know. I don't think it was 86. I think it was 87. And you're just like, doesn't matter. It's in the decade, man. Come yeah. On. Okay. I <laughs> shot it December 86. We ran it in 87, you know. Because yeah. I'm always combing through old magazines to, before I put a date up. I, or I look online at YouTube and see when a certain contest was and... And, uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, you just get weird people, you know. There, there are lots of weird people and, like, the a lot, a lot of haters there, but... Um... Trolls or whatever you want to call them, you know. I just don't, I just, I 86 people, you know. If I don't like what they, 
if they come at me like that, I just, it's my Instagram. I can do whatever I want. I don't care yeah. if they hate it and delete, you know. And then I, I find out their address and I go over to their house. <laughs> I have tracked a couple of people down through, <laughs> I've tracked them down and then, and then written them, found their address and written them letters back. Oh, man. I would love to see their face when they like check the mailbox and see a letter from like Grant Britain. It was mainly in the in the in the letters days at Transworld. You get hate mail, and then you guys' addresses on there. Those are the days you could look up, you could call information in that town and get the guy's name, and then call him. Hey, I just got a letter from you, and it was kind of a shitty letter, you know. And they're like, uh, 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 you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I go, you know, it's like the, you know, you do a magazine every month, you spend a lot of time, you work with a bunch of people, you spend a much, bunch of money on a monthly magazine, and you work several months on that one magazine. And yeah. then you have somebody sit in their pajamas at home, you know, just like, I mean, they don't do anything, you know, and it's like they're putting down the job you do. So I used to take it super personally. That's fucking funny, though. Like, I could just imagine them shitting a brick when they, like, you know, have Grant Britton on the phone being like, so, like, what is this shit that you, like, wrote? <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it was so, and it was a lot less back then. Now it's just, you know, they'll just, you know, they stalk you and, and, and troll you. And, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I don't understand that kind of stuff. And, like, I mean, the there's an interesting polarization with Instagram because there's a lot of people out there that believe that it's a very toxic environment, but I personally believe it's, it can be, but that's if you choose for it to be like, if you curate a different view for yourself and you use it as like a tool for good, it can become a very powerful, positive uh, mm -hmm. tool for you. Um, and I, I'm, you know, gathering that you probably feel similarly about uh, Instagram there. Um, then we got a couple other questions here. No, you know, I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. It's, it's, I always try to put positive things up on my social too. Like I'm not a Yelper. I don't go like if I go to a restaurant and the food, you know, was bad. I don't Yelp them, you know, I just don't go back, you know? And then you see, you'll go to a Yelp review and there's like, you know, you see that person with the Yelp review and you see how many Yelps, I mean, they're Yelp reviewers and half, they don't like any food, you know? So yeah, some people it's just negative and, you know, uh, Derek Zomer asks nowadays with several camera brands shooting upwards of 50 megapixels, would you say shooting medium format is worth it in terms of price and image? Mm. Uh, well, quality, I mean, the qualities, you know, like, at Transworld, that, that's when, okay, Atiba, it's his fault that we all started shooting Hasselblads. And <laughs> and I had shot medium format. I think I sent you a photo of Tony Hawk with a Mamiya that I shot where he's looking that. at the camera. And uh, that was, I shot that in like 83 or something with my Mamiya twin lens reflex. And then Atiba got into Hasselblad and then he got the fisheye. So then um, I mean, the quality was so good and we were shooting and we were shooting all 35 millimeter pretty much. And then the quality was so good on the Hasselblad, you know, and you could shoot 
we're all shooting with flashes, you know, so you had 500 flash sync. And uh, I mean, it was definitely a better image. And um, so then he started getting stuff in our magazine published and then we all got Hasselblads. And then I tried not to buy the fisheye because I didn't want to spend, you know, four to six grand on a fisheye lens. It's a 30 millimeter lens. And yeah. they're, they're, it's beautiful. I still have it. And I use it about once a year. <laughs> now and so everybody started shooting um uh Hasselblad for stills and then we used 35 for sequences and then digital came in right after that and we started using digital for sequences because everybody said you know the quality's not there yet it was like you know i think it was the canon 1d or something and what was it four megapixels or yeah, or, yeah. and so we would but you're running them this little you know so they worked for sequences and we started saving money on film because our film bills, I would buy a few hundred rolls a month of uh, Velvia and, uh, and um, probably Tri-X and then T-Max after that. And yeah. I mean, we start when we switched over to digital, oh, we saved so much money because you'd shoot 20 rolls on one trick and you could only run it if, you know, you're talking eight bucks a roll or whatever back then. Um, that's a lot. Your film budget is just crazy. Yeah. So um, with the Hasselblad, I, I shoot my Hasselblad still for portraits and landscapes. If I go to the desert or someplace, I usually use my Hasselblad. You know, sometimes I'll only take that. I won't take a digital camera until that little Fuji came out. And then I love that thing, like I said. And... Uh, and but for commercial you don't really need uh you know a medium format anymore i don't know about art uh i've only shot medium format digital once and that was that like uh what is it the s1 is it s1 the sl1 sl1 yeah. i shot that i borrowed one and shot it i shot portraits with it but no, it's like, what is the Nikon? Which Nikon shoots 50 megapixels? Oh, I can't remember. Like, There's a new Nikon. The newest Nikon is 50 megapixels, I think. And that thing's killer. That's what uh, Blayback shoots with. I just got his book, and I, I really love it. It's The uh, portrait one? Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. The, the one that he did. Oh, the original one. Um, it, it was like him and um, Callus. Yeah, Callus. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the book of like their sort of like you know coming up and, and everything. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. It, it sucked though because I it wouldn't ship to Canada, so I had to like order it and get it shipped to Armand at the Denton Camera Exchange in Texas, and then get him to oh. ship it up to me. I thought you shipped it to somebody that lived in Montana and like or uh, New York and and slingshot it across the border or something. <laughs> Just about, well, I mean, like, Buffalo is, like, directly across the water from yeah. where I live in Toronto. There may yeah. be a ferry, but no going to the States anytime soon here. No. Mm -hmm. um, I, am I don't know why you'd want to, really. Um, well, I can, I have a lot of friends in the States, so I still, I miss, I miss it because of my friends, not so much mm -hmm. because of the place. No, um, Canada, you live in one of the best countries in the world, I it, think. Well, it's a Except for the cold thing. Not into well, the cold thing. There, there's the cold thing, and it is a beautiful country, and I, I'm grateful and appreciative to live here.
but um, I got to say, and I've said it in other chats before, Canada has an excellent marketing team. So yeah, uh, we've, we've definitely put on this face to the rest of the world that we're this beautiful, great utopia where we get along and everything. Um, but I have to admit, as a person of color, I've experienced more racist, racism issues in Canada than I have in the U.S. Oh, I've really? spent a lot wow. of time in the U.S. With, with work and traveling for photography wow. the last few years. And, uh, you know, I've definitely experienced a lot more uh, racism here in Canada at home, um, especially in the West here. Like, Alberta and B.C. are pretty bad for it. Uh, yeah. so when you go out east, like Toronto is a very, very metropolitan diverse mm -hmm. area so it's not yeah. as bad there but when you get out into southwest ontario just on the fringes of the greater toronto um area you start to run into the racism again so well that's like here that's like here when you go inland or to the midwest or whatever you know you get you get away from the coast of the united states and things go back you know five ten years you know automatically i can drive 20 miles inland and it's like or where i grew up in Fallbrook, um, you know, it's 20 miles from the coast. It's like going back in time. So <laughs> that'd be kind of true. Well, it's funny you say the Midwest though, because I drove through the Midwest last summer and I was a little worried about it because we were taking back roads and stuff. And the people were so friendly and so nice. Mm. Um, it was really cool. Like I, I'd really love to spend more time driving along the Midwest and checking things out. Um, you know, it's, it, it yeah. was interesting, but you know, Canada is a beautiful place. Um, I am very grateful to live here and I would yeah. definitely, you know, support and advocate anyone that, that wants to, uh, to move here. Um, Somebody asked be, before about um, Sin, this guy Sin, if I had okay. seen him. And Sin was one of my best friends, but uh, whoever asked that question, he passed away a couple of years ago, so. Oh, sorry to hear about that. But he was a photographer, escape photographer too. He helped start okay. Airwalk, Airwalk shoes, and and did all the photography for them. And he was he was a character. He's a funny dude. Yeah, Airwalks were my first skate shoes ever. Oh, really? Funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got Airwalks and then some Vans, and then uh, I got really into S for a while. Those were my favorites. But I can't find the the model that that I used to like. They don't make fat shoes as much anymore. It's all this maybe D DCs. Yeah, the quality of DC though is really kind of tanked a bit. Oh yeah, sh sorry DC. Your your quality is beautiful. My my belt has lasted like five years. <laughs> yeah, but they do have some fat shoes. My son's been he likes fat shoes. The twenty six year old, he yeah. skates in them too. But he 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 skates in the most ridiculous shoes. Pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, shots fired. I I I won't take it back, but um, you know, Ken Block is a hell of a car driver, so I'll give him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, William Summers B asks, has it been challenging shooting a subject skater who is a great athlete but a train wreck person or personality? Well, I can think of a few people. Some are in jail. Some are dead. Um, yeah, it was. You know, as a a photographer, you're always, you're, you're not just a photographer, you're a psychologist, you're a tour guide, you're, you know, you're big brother, whatever, you know, you're, you have to keep some people in check. Um, 
I mean, there were guys in the eighties that were just wrecks and, uh, and you're a psychologist where you have to talk them into doing stuff, you know, because they, you know, they, they're throwing themselves down. I mean, it's da skateboarding is dangerous. They're throwing themselves down a, you know, 20 stair rail, you know, and they've done it, you know, 50 times and slammed every time or bailed or gotten their nuts cr crunched or whatever. Um, and then they give up or they break a board or they throw their board or they start screaming. So you're always trying to like, kind of, okay, let's, you do it another day, you know, you're and you are like a psychologist. So um, it wasn't just about skating photos or taking photos. It was about all the other stuff. Plus you're their friends, you know, you're their friend lots of times. So you're dealing with that too. Oh, I'd have people would have nervous breakdowns, you know, out, out shooting, you know, or you drive all the way to LA. LA is two hours from here and you drive to LA try the trick once you get thrown out, you know, by whoever or the cops come or the guy breaks his board and he didn't bring another board or he slams super hard or, you know, I had to take a couple of people to the hospital to get x-rays and stuff like that. You know, they crack their heads or whatever or break an arm or whatever. Um, so yeah, you're dealing with all that too. Damn. That's, a, that's like the side that you wouldn't really think of when you look at the photos is like, you know, all the extra labor that uh, is around taking the photo. Well, it, you know, in skateboardings, it's against the law in most places, you know, like downtown areas or yeah. schoolyards or whatever. So you were dealing with that when I was when I turned 50, I'm 65. Hey, you know what I was thinking? I'm the oldest person that you probably had on your show, right? You are. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> I told my wife and she's like, oh, don't get off on the age thing. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, I go, I looked at everybody and I watched Dave Rowland's thing. Uh, Dave's fantastic. I love Yeah, he, he interviewed me and took my portrait in my yard. And uh, Dave's taken like one of the, my most favorite pictures of me that I've ever received is from Dave when um, I met him in Texas. At yeah. Last year. You know what? He's nicer in person than he is on your show, though, I think. Yeah, that's fair. He's, he's super nice in person. He's kind of like he's funny on on your show. He's funny, but kind of distracted a little. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty funny. I was cracking up. He's, and then I looked at the other people and I go, man, these people are like, what, in their 20s? <laughs> what was the, the oldest person was, what, early 30s or something? I don't know. I think, like, er Eric is probably, like, late 30s, maybe early. Okay. Yeah. See? I'm twice as old as your oldest person that you've had on. <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, <laughs> we, got a, we got another question here. Um, is there a way to show you some of my work, I'd love some feedback or advice from Jessica Mona photo. Sure. Uh, my email is jgrantbritton at gmail.com. There you go. And you, my, an you can look at my, and don't look at jgrantbritton.com online, look at jgrantbrittonphotos.com because I have an Etsy shop that I started a long time ago, but I try to get people to go to my other shop and that's got my contact email on there too, if you want to hit me up. But I will answer questions. And but you heard my my 
my response to, you know, how do you get your uh, work shown? So maybe I'm no good to, I'm not a good source to tell you. That's fair. Uh, Brandon Baker photo asks, what's your thoughts on converting color negs to black and white in post? I do it all the time. That's fair. The photo you mentioned, the incense shrine in, in Japan, that's yeah. a color shot. Oh shit. And I've always run it as a color shot. And then I needed, I, I, I'm part of a, a collective uh, photo group and yeah, gallery. Yeah, dark photographer's eye, right? Yeah, yeah in, yeah, in Escondido, which is like 20 minutes behind me east. And uh, I needed a, I, I love black and white. Black and white is, I could shoot black and white the rest of my life, you know? I don't even, I mean, I love color, but black and white just, you know, just I'm so stoked on black and white. So I, I cropped the hell out of that photo and turned it black and white for this show. And now I like it better than the color shot. That's wild. On the black and white front, have you shot uh, Eastman double X? What are your thoughts on that one? Dude, I'm old school. I shoot Ilford and Kodak. All right. 99% of my stuff is Kodak. T-Max or Tri-X or Plus X or back for the Panatomic X, you know. Um, but I never really experimented with a lot of the other, you know, you know, like toy films and stuff. I, or East, Eastern European or, or whatever, you know, because I just, I was always, for the magazine, we were always in the quality. So we were always trying to get the best color and the best grain and so I was shooting Kodachrome in the beginning. You know, I tried other things like Konica and stuff, and I was like, eh. And then, uh, and then Fuji, uh, when Fujichrome came out, and then, or we discovered Fujichrome, it was probably around for a long time. And then Velvia came out, and we were pushing Velvia, and then T-Max 3200 came out. And, and, I mean, I was just stuck on all those films. I was really addicted to 3200 for a while. I love the 3200. The mm -hmm. grain that it has is just like chef's kiss. It's well, so we were using it for flash sequences. Cause oh, you nice. could, yeah, you could push the shit out of it and then turn your flash. We had Q flashes and quantum battery packs and you could turn your flash down to one thirty second power or something and shoot sequences at night and stuff and then push the film and your 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 flash would re because of the low power your flash would recycle super fast you know so nice. you can shoot you know like eight eight frames a second you know so yeah, yeah. you'll have to email me your address after because i want to send you a care package of a couple of my favorite black and white films yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna get me over there no, you're the devil. You're you're the devil. I think I'm the no. devil. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. I I got some stuff from Lomo recently, and I've shot that. I I shot that Lady Gray and something else. I forget. Oh, the um Berlin. I, I shot, shot those. I've shot the Metropolis. I, I like that. I haven't shot that. It, it's a cool. It's a cool color film that's got this sort of like greenish tin, greenish yellowish tinge to it. It makes. Mm. It really vintage but lomo sent me a couple of their simple use cameras mm -hmm. i did a giveaway um last month where i did a photo walk with some people in toronto and um 
it was cool. Like those simple use cameras, it's become one of my favorite cameras now. Where is it here? Um, this guy here. Oh yeah. Just uh -huh. like a cheap piece of shit plastic. It's like a wedding camera. Yeah, but it's fine on a table at a wedding. Yeah, it's reloadable though. And oh really? The battery oh, wow. in it. I've put like eight rolls of film through this thing. Is it a plastic lens or? It, yeah, it's a plastic lens. Mm. It's total garbage, and it makes great photos. You know. You know what my thing with not shooting a lot of different films is like I'm I like that I know what you know the my usual film is going to do every time, and then I was always paranoid that I was going to shoot something really good subject wise, and then the film wouldn't be quite it, to where oh, you know yeah. like like oh I should have shot Triax you know I, I, I know just, exactly I, how Triax <laughs> is going to look you know and. How old is Triax? Oh, Triax has been around for decades. 70 years, 60 years. I mean, I don't know, 60 years? Probably uh, that. Um, we've got one here. Black Swan uh, 74 says, how's your book coming along? Um, it's good. It's just kind of because of the pandemic, it's kind of in limbo right now. I'm working on it. It's. Um, I've been working on it for two years solid and then and it's a skate uh, 1980s book it was going to be a my 40-year book and then we decided to narrow it down and make it a 1980s book and it's all skateboarding and portraits and lifestyle N none of my art stuff except the skate art artsy stuff so ryan miller has a question here in the mid 80s we used to get so inspired by trans world mag each one is because of the color of photography the Thrasher was black and white. I guess uh, it cuts off, but I guess he's like wondering why the difference between Transworld and, and Thrasher. Well, I, th I think Thrasher, they started before Transworld a couple years before, and we started in 83 and they started in 81. And they were going for kind of that core look. They they were kind of anti-quality. And, okay. and we wanted to do something a little less raw and... Uh, I wasn't the owner at, at the time, you know, later on, you know, I, I, um, I made, you know, a salary out of them and, uh, we just, I was always into quality and I thought, you know, I, and I heard this from a lot of photographers, photographers would love to have their stuff printed in trans world on glossy paper with good color and everything, then have their, you know, photos get kind of, just ink just sucked into them on newsprint so um i mean they were doing we were doing two different things you know and we had this cleaner because of the owners we had this cleaner look on skating you know we didn't run a lot we didn't run drugs and alcohol and stuff like that <laughs> you know i mean we 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 had alcohol and drugs but <laughs> but um yeah um, we're, we're coming up on the last minute of the chat here, okay. Grant, I want to thank you so much for spending an hour with me and, uh, you know, with, with the people of the Instagram world. Um, it was fantastic to chat with you again. Like, I mean, I, I enjoyed our chat in San Clemente at the pizza joint. That was, uh, that was, that a was good fun. Time. I, I really appreciate your openness to, to join in on this, um, and, uh, share some time with us all. All right. Well, thanks everybody. All 32 of you, 33 that came to hear it.
yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And the next week, um, we're going back to Toronto. A good friend of mine, Leslie, is going to be joining us to talk about medium format photography. And uh, I'll be back in Toronto then, uh, hopefully uh, without the COVID. Fingers crossed. And uh, you know, stay safe, wear a mask out there over the nose. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, enjoy your, uh, your night, guys. Thank you so much again, Grant. I love you all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for coming out. Bye.